Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peek and Ted Tate. Hey, welcome to episode two of season three of the People of Packaging podcast. I'm loving the new music that uh, Ted cooked up in the Beat Lab. Hey, we're going to be talking with uh, Packaging Hall of Famer and uh, head of the IOPP, Jane Chase. Uh, She is a legend in the industry. You're going to love uh, our interview that we got to do uh, with with Jane, um, such such an, an inspiration, such a great person, um, and she has just spanned the gamut when it comes to uh, jobs and uh, things that she has done in the industry, and now she's giving back through the IOPP. We are so excited as well to continue to work with our sponsor, uh, Doxalent, who is similarly serving the packaging industry. Doxalent is the creator of the packaging specification management software called Ensure. So if you're using document templates and spreadsheets and all sorts of things, emails to try to control and route for approval, listen, you should just stop that right now and go work with Doxalent. They uh, provide a way through Ensure to create, revise, and replicate specs in a controlled environment, prevents human error, ensures the correct version of a spec is being used and produced. It collaborates with suppliers and uh, CMOs on specs from anywhere in the world in a controlled environment. You can automate email notifications, alert suppliers and stakeholders when specs and documents become effective. So. If you want to support our podcast, we would love it. We're so excited to have Doxalent as a supporter and as a sponsor of our podcast. Please go to www.peopleofpackaging.com. There you can put your first name, last name, email address, and you'll get access to a great ebook called How to Transform Your Packaging Specification Workflow to Increase Efficiency and Decrease Time to Market. Every download is going to help uh, our podcast. We want to keep sharing these stories, keep telling these stories. And this ebook also has some great info and steps you can take right now to optimize your spec workflow. So please, please, please go to www.peopleofpackaging.com and level up your packaging game, support the podcast, get a free ebook. It's incredible. And also listen to this amazing interview that I was able to do with Jane Chase. Well, welcome to another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. Uh, I'm your host, or one of your hosts, Adam Peake, and I have a an incredible human being uh, that I get to interview today. Uh, Jane and I have been able to connect through virtual happy hours and subsequent phone calls and emails and um, I feel like I have just just barely scratched the surface of of the question the question that everybody wants to know which is who is Jane Chase so uh, I'm I'm excited to have you on Jane welcome to the people of packaging podcast happy to be here Adam thanks for inviting me awesome and where are you uh, this morning what is your location I am in between Greenville, North Carolina, and Asheville, 
So over in South Carolina. You're in, okay, so between, okay, so you're in South Carolina, and that's where yeah. you would, that's where you would reside and work from then? I already messed up, because it's Greenville, South Carolina. Work out oh. of South Carolina. That's fine. It's fine. This isn't a geography quiz. So Greenville, South Carolina, and then Asheville, North Carolina. I have not been to Greenville. Uh, I have been to Asheville, and I've probably already mispronounced them as well because it's it's more to the south. So I don't. Is it like Louisville? Like, do you have to say the Ville like a Vol, like Greenville or Ash? I don't know. Is that a thing there? It's a thing here, but it's not against the law to just say Greenville. Okay. Good. I'm good. I'm good. All right. So, uh, so you're in, uh, you're, you're, you're in South Carolina. Um, what is your, what's your role right now? Um, you know, and then we'll kind of get into your history and how you got into this. So what, what are you doing now? And, um, we'll, uh, so, we'll get into it from there. All right. So right now I'm the executive director for the Institute of Packaging Professionals, and it's an organization that I've been involved in for at least 25 years throughout my career. And um, I worked my way all through my career. I did volunteer work with the Institute of Packaging Professionals because it was an organization that I really believed in. So it was kind of a sidelight, now it's become the spotlight. I like it, the sidelight has become the spotlight. Um, and so you've been involved as a volunteer and now this is a, it, it's a, it's a paid position then, is that correct? Yeah, I was okay. doing it in my not-for-profit life, and now I'm doing it in my for-profit life. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, all right. Well, I can resonate with that, having been done a lot of uh, pastoral work in a non-profit light, and then also being in a packaging job where you know you have to you have to provide income for a family. So, totally get that. Um, and and so and how long have you been the executive director then? Uh, a little over three years. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. So you've obviously been familiar with the with the IOPP, and, and at the end of this, by the way, just just gonna let everybody know up front, uh, I we we should shamelessly plug the IOPP and uh, get get some members to join because I know for me it has been, I mean, it's been such a valuable uh, experience for me being involved with the IOPP. Uh, there are. Uh, just some of the most incredible individuals. Um, and, you know, I found that when I, when I got involved, when I actually started to do things, um, that it was only as good as that, it, you know, just to, to kind of jump in. So um, just fair warning to everybody listening, we will be driving you and asking you to become members. And that's not for any other reason than I think it's incredible. So I can tell you, Adam, the first IOPP meeting that I went to was with the Minnesota chapter. And I walked out of that meeting as the treasurer of that local chapter. And it snowballed from there because once you do get engaged, the people that you meet, the network that you develop, the friendships that you build, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Do you still have um, friends from that chapter that you keep up with on a regular basis? Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. They're my, they're my uh, first family. That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, and, and so, obviously, you were volunteering with the IOPP, which meant that you were working in the industry. Uh, so maybe start in, you know, kind of college time. Was, was this something that you grew up wanting to do where you were like, 
I want to be involved in packaging or when was that moment for you? So I came into packaging through the back door. Um, I actually have a degree in mechanical engineering from Marquette University and did my master's in engineering management. And I started out on the quality and safety side, did that for about three and a half years um, for Johnson Controls. Mm-hmm. For that time period, SC Johnson Wax came knocking on the door and was looking for someone to develop their supplier certification program for packaging components, which meant that they wanted someone to come in, go out and work with their packaging suppliers to help them fix their quality systems so SCJ could reduce or eliminate incoming inspection. So I'm a young buck engineer, three, four years out of school. Um, and I thought of it as I got to go play. Yeah. So you couldn't help somebody fix their quality system if you didn't understand their process. Sure. So I got to go out thermal forming, injection molding, blow molding, paperboard, labels, aerosol cans, um, you name it, and got to go out and learn their processes um, and found it absolutely fascinating had an opportunity after about two and a half years of doing that to go into operations. And um, I managed five high-speed aerosol filling lines, 60 people, did my frontline management piece. And after about two and a half years there, I had the opportunity to go into packaging R&D at SC Johnson Wax and um, spent about five years doing that. But that time period, I refer to as my growing up period. Awesome. Um, In quality, your product was either good or bad. You had to figure out what to do with it and how to fix it. I figured I could go into operations and never make anything bad and save the world. And I figured out really quickly that if you didn't have good R&D up front in the design and development of the packaging, you were pretty much done from the get-go to be able to save the world by making nothing bad. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite quotes is along those lines. It's from the Deming Institute. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but it's uh, effectively your, out, your, your processes are perfectly designed for the outcomes that you're receiving. So if, if you have poor quality, it's, you're, that it is, you have to go all the way back through the entirety of your of your process. So, just knowing like our processes are perfect, and if we want to change the outcomes, we have to change the process. And you're totally right that digging in at the at the outset, kind of that garbage in, garbage out thing, digging at the outset. That's that's a it's a fascinating. It's it's probably a pretty cool realization to then not only have the realization but also have the opportunity to to do it, to actually do something about it, rather than just saying like, those darn R&D engineers. They're like, okay. Well, and you don't, you don't appreciate it when you're in it. I didn't understand that as I was doing it. I think mm-hmm. you come to that realization as you grow and uh, do different things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so, you're, um, so you have your career uh, at, at SC Johnson. Was that sort of uh went from operations into r d and then uh what 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 was what was next after that so after that i had an opportunity um a a small giant company um was evolving emation 
was a spinoff from 3M. And I went up, it was my first management, well, not my first management, but first R&D management opportunity. Okay. Did, started up their packaging program, was there for about a year and a half. Went to um, General Mills and spent uh, some time there doing line layouts um, and packaging uh, authorization requests to get money and then managing contractors putting um, packaging lines in. And uh, I figured out that my heart, soul, blood, guts are more on the um, design side and worked my way into a position there on the, the development side. And from there, just uh, took those management skills on the development side. And um, from General Mills, went to um, Ecolab and spent about four years there. Um, in that role, I picked up uh, the graphics development process, um, was part of the packaging group. So I got to learn that. And um, we had a world-class packaging lab mm -hmm. that we turned into a cost center because it wasn't busy 24-7. So let's go, and um, it was a UN-certified lab. So cool. we were able to go out and get business and help people in the area get certified. And um, that money supplemented the budget so we could do other things. That's awesome. Cool deal. Um, <coughs> sorry. So um, this is a this is it, it's so fascinating, and, and I'm sure that you have have some kind of more steps on your journey. But as I'm kind of writing down these uh, not small companies, you also have this incredible breadth and depth of knowledge from your very first job, like you mentioned, going through can manufacturing and injection molding and blow molding and labels and paperboard and learning about all of these processes. Uh, but then being able to apply all of these different processes and with a background in, in R&D and operations across so many different um, industries. You know, like SCJ is different than General Mills, which is different from 3M, which is different from Ecolab. And um, I bet you have the most incredible Rolodex of amazing human beings that you've met throughout your journey, right? I do. And that, that's uh, the gift of a career and being able to, like you said, when the people that you touched or met in the packaging industry, it's such a phenomenal, phenomenal industry. And it's a, it's a small giant industry. Mm -hmm. um, and for all of the companies that I've um, been able to work for um, and the, the, the people that I've met, um, I'm just amazed the opportunities that I've had. And the mo one of the most gratifying things is when you're four companies removed from someone that you've worked with or for, and you get a call. Um, I was just thinking about you or something that you had said. And it, I just, I remembered you and had to pick up the phone. Yeah. And stay connected. That's amazing. Yeah. What a, what a great feeling. Um, and it's, it, I think it, it becomes even more powerful than not only receiving that, but remembering how great it is to receive it and then giving, like making those calls and kind of making that part of a, of a regular, you know, a regular thing that we do. So I think that that does inspire and encourage, um, 
you know, a lot, a lot of different people. So uh, that's, staying connected. And it could be a day that somebody's having a bad day and you pick up the phone and give them a call. Oh, it, it means a lot to those people. And I still think of my dad um, because I remember my dad saying, you know what, it takes just as much time to be cranky and complain about something or say something bad to somebody as it does to give them a compliment and um, make a positive connection. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think especially in, in our, in our day of quote, I'll say hyper connectivity, I, I don't think that we are hyper connected it, because I, you know, I know when was the last time that you received a, a really nice handwritten letter from somebody, you know, it's, it's cause it's so much harder uh, even, you know, even to pick up the phone and to have a conversation is, is, is a really big deal. So, you know, I, I try to, I try to write letters when I can, not just like, Hey, I had a good business meeting with you and I'm trying to close this deal, but you know, just write a letter to a, a friend and, you know, let them know because it's effort. It takes time to sit there and hand write and you've got to get an envelope and you've got to get a stamp and you have to go to the post office. And, but, but the amount of, um, there's a, there's a poet, um, who has a line, he says, worth value and dignity are not possessed by some innate quality, but by the length with, with which the owner would go to possess them. Meaning like if we are going, sometimes doing these really hard things or these things that take a lot longer, um, especially an interpersonal connection, um, it can, it can really go a long way. So, um, people know that when you open a handwritten note, you know, because of how much energy it takes, it means that much more. True. True. Um, but, and, you know, kind of getting back into your, into your history, it's also, you know, we, we are, we are pressed in our own jobs and in our own lives to drive towards efficiency, to root out, you know, the, the inefficient processes. And so there's this interesting dynamic of, of the very real nature of, of even like the sustainability efforts within, uh, you know, good quality systems and efficient manufacturing and right vendors and all those kinds of things, which is good. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying that's a really good thing to drive to, but then also knowing that sometimes it's okay to teach your child how to how to do really hard things you know how to how to write a note or how to you know do yard work with crappy tools and just to to teach them how to grind and grit a little bit so yep. um cool so then uh, uh i think i don't i don't think your career was finished at ecolab correct didn't you have a few other few other cool companies you got to work for i did um and it was interesting because when i was working at ecolab um, Conagra Foods came knocking at the door in January and I was living in Minnesota and they said would you like to come to Southern California and uh, be director of not only packaging but packaging and process development oh wow said ooh pick me so <laughs> went out to warm sunny Cal Southern California for a couple of years um, they moved their offices, the R&D back to Omaha, Nebraska. Yep. That time I couldn't do it. So put my name on the street for the first time since getting out of school. Um, because it was always up to that point, someone 
asking me to move. And I made that decision on my own, which was um, very interesting when you start thinking about um, where you're at in your career and what you're doing. Uh, went to Chicago, worked for U.S. Food Service as Vice President of Packaging and R&D for three and a half years, um, and then went up to the Schwann's Food Company for the last six years of my uh, career. So, um, cool. wonderful companies, wonderful people. And I'll tell you, you um, it's fascinating to me, especially in the later uh, career moves that I made, there's, they're always looking for you to bring them something. Um, you have a skill set that they need, but you always need to be thinking about what they're doing for you as well. I thought of it mostly as going to Schwann's. I could do packaging. I'd worked for CPG company. I'd worked for food service. Um, so I brought them a skill set. Um, but I also got to learn frozen food. And they had a home service uh, model that I'd never worked with. So you're always picking up something new while delivering um, something that they they find a value from you. Yeah, yeah, that and that man, what a I, I think especially for we, uh, the the age demographic uh, for podcast listeners tends to skew a little bit younger, and so mm -hmm. you know I think for the for the younger listeners who are kind of early on in their career. Um, you'll get this advice from not just not just the Jane Chase, but you know Gary Vaynerchuk and Mark Cuban and some of these uh, some of these lesser known influencers than than Jane. Um, but these these people will say, you know, early on in your career, really choose you know how you can learn. And I think what's cool about what you're doing, don't basically like don't chase the dollars, you know, learn and go where you can. You know, ask them about their training programs. Ask them about, uh, you know, how how they develop people. What what are you know what are those kinds of things? Not just who's going to pay you five or ten thousand dollars a year more than the other company. So, but what I think is cool is that you're at the you're at the tail end of your career going to Schwann's, and you're still thinking, well, what can I learn? Because now, in your and your director executive director of the IOPP, you can take all of this stuff because you had this quest for learning and obviously a thirst for curiosity throughout your career um, that maybe you're, do, you, do you kind of feel like you are in the, this position now to, to help you know, dispense information and advice, uh, maybe more so, while also, I'm sure, continuing to learn and grow. I, I, you don't strike me as somebody who just went, all right, I know everything. And now it's just time for everybody else to know. You don't strike me as that person, right? I will be a continual learner till the day I die. I, um, I would always tell uh, the companies in interviews, the only way you're going to lose me if I come here is if you bore me. Hmm. I, I always need a new challenge. I always um, need to be learning. Even uh, coming into this executive director role, um, I, I knew IOPP back and forth, up and down, the process, the chapters, the, um, but I, hadn't, I had never uh, been responsible for the business model of a professional organization. And um, the, the board of directors, which is volunteer, set the um, strategy, but uh, myself and the team are responsible for actually executing and um, 
So I'm, I learn something every day. Um, I love the um, audience and the number of people that I'm able to influence and, um, and bring along. I think to your point, the younger generation is gonna be critical and um, to give them uh, you know, advice because uh, you, you talked about being hyper-connected. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a nephew who has not the, 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 the can't necessarily sit down and have a conversation like this comfortably. But, and I'd say you need to learn how to have that personal interaction and uh, be able to communicate through conversation. And I said, you need to be connected. And he said, Andy Jane, I'm more connected than you. Look at all my connections. And they may have uh, followers or however you want to refer to them. But making that personal connection um, takes time. And my biggest advice, on because networking, I think, gets a, a bad name sometimes. Um, it's developing connections. It's uh, making that personal um, reach out. And what I would say is a lot of the younger people probably don't think, don't see the value in it. And I can't tell you the number of uh, young people that all of a sudden have that realization. And the, the time to network or connect is not when you're in a bad position that you right. need thing right now from someone. It's, it, that's building that up over time is what gives you the permission so to speak, to say, hey, you know, we've been friends, we've been, is there anything you can do to, to help out? Yep. Yeah, there's a, um, a, a, a guy that I follow pretty closely on, on LinkedIn, like I don't know him personally, his name's Josh Braun. And he talks about, and, and it's, it's a sales and marketing kind of business development process, but I think it really applies to networking as well, which is, he, he talks about deposits and withdrawals. And, you know, to, to learn how to show up and add value and, and make deposits in a networking situation, whether it's interpersonally and it's not, and, and deposits and withdrawals are different than lending and borrowing. Um, you know, if, if somebody, this is my personal add on to it. So Josh will never listen to this podcast, but if he did, this is not his thing. Um, so the difference is a deposit means like, I am, I am just, I'm giving this, like, this is a, it's almost, it's, it's not really a gift, but that's kind of what it is. So show up and give without any feeling of reciprocity. Cause when you, when you attach that to it, it becomes a loan, but you've never actually told the person what the terms of the loan are. So imagine if a bank gave you money and then five years later, they're like, Hey, you owe us 10 grand. You'd be like, what are you talking about? Oh, well we gave you money. Uh, yeah, I thought you. I thought I won an award. That's what we said, but it wasn't really an award. Interest has accrued, and now you owe it. You'd be pissed at that bank. But we do this interpersonally, don't we? Where it's like, but I, but I gave you like this will happen a lot with packaging salespeople. So I'm going to put you all on blast, and I'm one of you. It's like, oh. you know, but it's like, oh, but I helped you get that job at company ABC. So don't you owe me all of your business? No, they don't owe you any of you. You help somebody out. And the minute you start going around helping without letting them know what the terms of that help are, then it's not really help. It's selfishness. Um, and, and so that would be, that would be my call to like young salespeople is, 
in the packaging industry, help other people out and just be useful, be helpful without expecting anything in return from them. There is a powerful theory of reciprocity that, that is at work in human beings. And so, yes, sometimes good things come to you, but it's not always a one-to-one -one ratio. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's gotta be natural. Um, and when you talk about the sales packaging um, connection, I would get frustrated with people in my packaging department that uh, wouldn't give sales guys time because I don't need, I don't need this right now. And my position is I would give any sales guy 30 minutes to tell me what he's got, what he's about, who he is. Um, and I will tell him at the end of the half hour if there's something that clicks that we need or not. But it's always, I've got you, I now know you. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've called sales guys two companies ago because I remembered something that they had told me. Yep. So it's not necessarily an immediate gratification kind of thing, but there's a benefit in making that connection. Always. Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, so, and I also, we'll kind of wrap up your, your, uh, your life thing here. I, I just read recently that uh, I, am, I am on the, the call right now with a Hall of Famer, which has never happened to me. So uh, you've recently been inducted into, let me get this right, the Packaging and Processing Hall of Fame, right? Yes, yes. How, yeah. how cool, how cool. So what, what, like, what's that like? For, for those of us who now have a, have a bucket list item um, in, in, in looking out into the future going like, how do I join Jane? So obviously there was a, you've, you've given so much to the packaging industry, like we've already talked about across disciplines, across substrates, across companies. Um, so it's not like something you just like wrote a check for a million dollars and they were like, all right, fine. You get to be on the, in the hall of fame. This is, it's, a, it's an earned honor. Um, did they approach you with that or did you have to apply or were you nominated? What was that like? I, I was nominated and I believe they need a couple of names to back up the nomination. They have a, a board of your peers that um, actually uh, vote on that. So wow. it, it's an honor. Um, it's um, also really humbling and um, it's uh, to be able to have, to feel like you've influenced an industry um, and had a positive impact on people's lives in the industry, that's, that's just absolutely huge. Mm -hmm. it, it also kind of feels like um, it's supposed to be like your uh, swan song and that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not, it's not like in, in, you know, maybe a hall of fame that people are more, you know, a rock and roll or a sports hall of fame where it's like, okay, you were honored for, this work that you did in the past where you're saying, yeah, that was an honor, but I'm still, I'm still working every day. Like I'm still delivering value and connecting up all these people and, you know, through, through the IOPP and, and really driving some cool, some cool things going on. So, uh, I mean, congratulations. That's, it's just so it's how many people are in, do you know what's, how many people are in the, the packaging uh, I have to, um, I'd have to count, but um, they started doing it every other year now, and they had a hiatus for a while, 
Um, but typically, be, uh, four or five inductees um, in a year. And I think they've been doing it since the 80s. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in, for an industry where there are, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people globally that work in, I mean, millions actually is probably a much more accurate um, and a much more accurate number. I mean, what a, what a cool honor to be considered as part of this very prestigious and elite and also, like you said, humbling uh, honor as well. So. Well, and it's the, the inductees this year to be in their, um, in the same category uh, as them. Um, there's a gentleman from academia, I can say, because it's, yeah, because I already read it. Um, but um, Jason from Cal Poly is, oh, right. yeah. Pat Reynolds from Packaging World. Um, and I'm going to apologize because there's a gentleman whose um, name I didn't recognize. But to okay. be in and Jay's um, presence is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys are, they've done, and, and I mean, just they, they've done incredible things. And to think it through, so I, you know, I just was able to do this and kind of prepare this TED Talk on packaging and, and you know, the whole, gen, the whole idea is that packaging is good news for the world. You know, that we, we don't, yes, we make bottles and labels, like we, we do very functional things, but that they sit at this cross section of things like climate change and, you know, closely linked to like global hunger and starvation and that so much of this is solved with packaging. Obviously it's not only solved with packaging, but we have a significant role to play. Um, and to, for you to have this level of, of influence in an industry that, that is doing really powerful and incredible things. Yeah, I got to talk about like uh, what Unilever announced where they're applying carbon emissions ratings to 70,000 products. That's, it's insane to think that, you know, that, that these things are, are what's happened to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, Sustainable Packaging Coalition, all of these organizations. And, and you know, even through the IOPP, I know you guys have had uh, a ton of different, you know, webinars and information and, you know, things for ways for engineers and packaging people to, I th I would say, elevate their why, you know, why are you doing what you're doing is not, okay, I got to get this from point A to point B. Of course you have to do that, but it's about so much more than that. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for you that you get to be part of this, this, this hall of fame and that you get to hear my podcast too. It's cool. Thank you. The other amazing thing, because I'm going to, you did a plug for IOPP. Yeah. Um, I will plug it all day long. Um, but as the executive director of IOPP, um, we as an organization have a seat on the World Packaging Organization. And um, that's more connections globally that um, we're able to make and um, just amplify that messaging on packaging that you just put out there. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I needed to give them a plug as well. Oh yeah, totally. I had uh, I had Pierre on the podcast, and he was great, and you know, just so eye-opening and enlightening the things that they're doing in partnership with the United Nations, and you know, helping to drive real, really big changes, and using packaging to drive changes uh, across kind of more developing countries in you know. And as a member Asia of IOPP, yep. And as a member of IOPP. 
you have a voice to that. So you are part of that. I get to be part of it. It's, it's awesome. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. So I have a few more questions uh, to ask you. One of them has nothing to do with packaging, um, but I think, I, I know, I know. And then uh, we'll, we'll tie back up into packaging. So my, my question is, you are a, you, you've already said like, hey, I'm a lifelong learner and, um, and, and I, I'm similarly a lifelong learner. And I don't think that that means you only learn about packaging. You're not sitting around reading about packaging all day long. I'm sure you read a lot about it, but what are some other areas of interest or what kind of book, like what are some books that maybe you're reading right now or you're sitting behind a bookshelf or in front of a bookshelf. So, um, and I'm guessing those are not all packaging books. Uh, so what are some books that you like to read and what are some other areas, not, not only packaging that you get involved in? So you want to know what I do when I'm not uh, doing packaging work? Sure. Uh, as a continual learner, um, I've been doing it for a while. I'm still learning golf. Um, I, that's one of the most challenging things I'm, I've done and I'm doing. Um, I am a, a big reader. I belong to two different uh, book clubs. So. Um, What's the last book that you read or that you are currently reading? Okay, so um, I'm reading a dorky series right now. I won't do that one, but um, The Witness is, um, okay, so John Grisham, the dorky series that I'm reading because I want to see how you talk to kids about uh, career. John Grisham has written a series of books, a 14, 13, 14-year-old 14 kid who uh, wants so badly to be a lawyer. His parents are both lawyers. He knows everybody at the courthouse and walking through some mysteries and legal things that he does. So it's talking to kids at that age level on the, the, the law. Cool. The witness, um, I just read um, Sisters. Um, yeah. Awesome. So is it, is it mostly, so you're, so you're learning golf, which is a, I've, I've played mediocre golf for the last, 30 years of my life. And I can, I just tell people, I'm like, I can go out there and I can break 90 on 18 holes. I, I'm, I'm probably, but I, I'm fully capable of shooting over a hundred and occasionally I'll, I'll get into the low eighties, but that's like once every three or four years. It is a, it is a brutally frustrating sport if you let it get that way, or it's just an enjoyable time to be out in nature. Um, I, my golf game has gotten way worse with children because it's, it costs money and time, both of which tend to be uh, lacking for me <laughs> with, with having yeah. five kids. But I love the sport. How long have you been playing it? Um, probably 10 years. Okay, cool. But of course, I, the time thing uh, with kids doesn't, it doesn't change over sure. time. Part of the equation. And um, to me, it's a mind game. Mm -hmm. think what in your what's in your head if you can walk away from and play the game that's when you have your 80s days yep um, a friend just gave me a book um he's a one handicap uh gave me a book it's called the game before the game hmm. and it talks about that that mind thing that you need to do and how to do 30 minute practices to train oh wow Train yourself to think in the way that's going to be uh, your, give you your best game. Interesting. Yeah, I uh, 
I have noticed when my worst days are, you know, if you're doing like a networking event and it's on a Friday and you're out playing golf, but you still have your cell phone with you, I am awful. I just should not even go play. I mean, other than the fact that you're out there doing some kind of event with, you know, with the, it's, it's networking, whatever you want to call it. But it's like the minute I, I start checking my emails, my golf game is done. It's over. Cause I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just out there. It's yeah, it's uh, that that's, and it is, it's one of those sports. I think tennis is similar. Um, I think tennis is very mentally challenging. Um, it's well, you know, lots of sports are mentally challenging, but those ones where it's, it's only you really, I mean, golf is, other than some of the elements that you have to fight, but it's, you can go play the same course with the same ball, with the same clubs, with the same elements, and you can have a great round or you can have an awful round and it's all up in your head. So that's, that's cool. Um, all right. So uh, we're kind of getting here to the end. Uh, this has been a, a great conversation. I want to leave some time uh, to talk about uh, how people can get connected with you in the IOPP. So my last question before that um, when, uh, I, I asked this question with almost every interview and I found it to be one of the most enlightening questions for a curious mind. So you are handed the magic wand of change, uh, and you can change instantly. There's no committee. There's no, there's no process. There's no AB testing. None of that has to happen. It just happens like that. And you can change anything about the packaging industry or a couple of things. Um, you can have freedom to expand on that because you are a Hall of Famer. Um, so what is that? I'll, I'll, uh, the, first, the first thing I would do is um, change the reputation. Um, those of us that work in the packaging industry, we know how wonderful, and you talked about all the different uh, ways that packaging impacts the world, whether it be climate change, sustainability, save food. Um, all those kind of things. Um, but I think there's a broader contingent that still doesn't understand that. Mm -hmm. I would uh, make us the, the white sheep of the family and just have a broader knowledge of, of what packaging um, brings to the world. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like a, I could see a, 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 I don't want, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Like an instant, truthful understanding of what something actually is I, that would be so powerful if if everybody knew what to do or like how impactful or how valuable this piece of plastic was whatever it is because i that would be a thing that gets ridiculed a lot is like oh my gosh plastic is is the worst and you're like well i mean maybe but it also can expand you know shelf life it can be safer in transportation. It uses less energy to be produced. It does this. It da 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 da. And so, is it that kind of reputation, or is because I don't I don't ever hear anyone be like you know like maybe you know you talk about John Grisham like some people talk about lawyers like used car sales, but I've never heard anyone be like well you can never trust a packaging engineer, you know them. Uh, so I'm guessing it's not like that. It's more just like in general that packaging as as a as a discipline gets thrown under the bus really, really quickly when in fact it's like, well, it's actually a lot more complicated than that. Is that, is that kind of what you're getting at? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Understanding the value that it brings. Um, and there are, there are costs to, to bringing those other things. Everything is always going to be a balance. Yep. So 
yes, you have some packaging, but by virtue of having that piece of packaging, you're doing all these other things. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I don't. Wish list? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. The other thing I have on my wish list is that everything that people throw into their recycling bin actually gets recycled. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know the of people that think they're wonderful because they put everything in there and they don't understand that just because it gets put into the recycling bin doesn't mean it gets recycled and that the everything good that you think you're doing is getting done. Yep. So we're vigilant and I'd love to be able to influence that system. Yeah, that would be, uh, it's, that, that is probably one of the, one of those things that I, I think um, my friend, I don't know if it was him who coined it, but I heard from first, Avelio Matos uh, said, he called it um, wish cycling, that, you know, it's like, well, just, if you just put it in this magic box, then you're doing a great job. And it's like, well, the box isn't magical. There's a whole giant process behind it that is, is, is actually pretty complicated. And if you knew how complicated it was, maybe you would do the right thing sometimes and put it in your municipal waste and let it go to the landfill because that's where it's going to go. I know it sucks, but you know, when you tell people that they're like, as an example, I was at, we had like this lunch break at my Ted talk and you know, it's the middle of, of COVID it's the COVID pandemic. Actually our state epidemiologist, Dr. Angela Dunn was giving, in the state of Utah was giving one of the TED Talks. So we're all hyper on notice. She's like the Dr. Fauci of Utah. Um, and so, you know, there's lunch is all single serve packaging, you know, single use packaging. That's how it is in a lot of places. But it had a, um, it had a, a compostable, like a molded fiber clamshell. And, and I had to let everyone know, hey, this isn't going to get recycled, just so you're aware. They were like, it says it's compostable. What? It says compostable on it. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a different thing. If you, if you care to know, it's, you know, if, if you want to, you know, if you have a backyard composting at your house, you can take it home with you. But please, whatever you do, do not put, I, I said this to, to everybody. I said, do you know who's really frustrated with compostable packaging? Are the recycling centers. Because <laughs> everyone thinks it's, that compostable is, and sometimes it can be the same thing. But anyway, uh, yes, I, all of that to say, I totally agree with you on that front. Um, I, I, I wish so much that we could, yes, yes is my answer. I, I agree with Jane Chase, Hall of Famer. Um, let that be known and put out a public record. So, all right, so let's wrap up here because uh, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. So tell me, uh, how, how do people get in touch with you? You talked about the importance of networking. Clearly you have uh, an incredibly vast network of people. I don't know if you're like me, but I tell people kind of like what you said about salespeople. Um, you know, I have my calendar, my, my calendar is public. It's not just internally. I let anybody schedule 15 minutes for a phone call. If it, if I have 15 free minutes, um, obviously not everybody, but anybody in the packaging industry, I'm like, I'll talk to you for 15 minutes. Let's, and it's been great. I've loved it. So, um, maybe not put out your calendar, but you know, how, what, what are some ways that people can get in touch with you and learn about, you know, if they have questions about the industry or even, you know, as we'll follow up next questions about IOPP. Okay. Jchase at IOPP.org. That's my email address. Um, always monitoring it, always open. Um, that'd be your first way to find me. 
Okay. And if you can't rewind this and you can't find me, um, IOPP.org is the main website and all of the board of directors, all of the um, uh, staff are on the, on the website. And I'll make sure to put all of that into the, into the show notes. So in case somebody can't rewind it, they can at least just click on it. I'm sure they could find you on LinkedIn as well, right? Yep, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, the other thing that I would love to tell them to connect with what we're doing at IOPP is to go onto our LinkedIn page, the IOPP Institute of Packaging Professionals um, LinkedIn page and follow us. That's one of our uh, ways that we have so expanded our reach and uh, who we talk to. We have over 18,500 followers. Hmm. And we put all of our events, all of the cool things that are happening. We just profiled two of our uh, board of directors on there so you can go and, and meet them and more to come. We just judged the Ameristore Awards. So you will see those, uh, those awards recognized on there as well as on our website. Awesome. Yeah. And, and you can also learn all about the, uh, the virtual happy hours that are happening through the IOPP. So that's, that was kind of a way that we actually ended up connecting in the first place. Um, and I know it's been the, the people that I've met, I can't say enough about showing up and being present and participating because the level of people that I meet on these calls and these, these happy hours is, is incredible. And I just want for people to know that it's, it's, no one's on there like pitching you. It's not a webinar series. It's not, it's, it's, it's quite literally a way to network and chat and learn and meet some people. And then you're on with the, the, your, the rest of your, your evening or day, whatever the time is. So. And I, Adam on one of the virtual uh, happy hours taught me wish cycling. I hadn't heard that term before. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, Jane, uh, I will make sure that everybody has uh, ways to connect up with you um, and and also connect up with the IOPP. If you are in, it, it, just so everybody knows on this podcast, I, I, we don't charge anything for these podcasts. This isn't like some kind of, uh, like, I, I am genuinely saying to everybody watching or listening this, that if you're in the packaging industry, uh, in, in you're not involved with it, with the IOPP, there's no chapter where I live yet, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it's, it doesn't mean you can't be involved, especially in this time where we're all virtual. Um, I really, really strongly encourage you to reach out, get involved. If you're worried about, you know, any kind of costs or whatever it is, talk to your company about it. They should, they should be more than willing to pay for it. I think that the value is there. Um, I'm going through personally my, um, my certification, so I'm studying, I'm getting ready to take the, the exam, so that'll be fun. I can throw that little CPP at the end of my name, so. Um, awesome. Yeah, just encourage everybody to, to get involved. Uh, we need each other, and really, at the end of the day, not to make too big of a deal out of it, but the, the future of our globe needs us. They need all of us in this industry to step up and do the things that we're supposed to do in a way that is best for for people and for the product and for the planet and even for your company's profits. There's nothing wrong with that. So uh, I can tell you that the universities, um, the kids that are coming out of school um, in the packaging program, the packaging schools can't put enough kids through their program to um, 
give the industry what they need as far as packaging engineers. So yep. it's a flourishing industry. We did the packaging survey, Adam. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, but it was really clear from that that uh, the packaging industry was not hit nearly as hard with COVID um, as a lot of industries mm -hmm. were. Um, there's some great information in there about um, CPPs in the industry earning 10% more than non-certified um, engineers out in the industry. So take a look at that. There's great information there. Yep, yep. It's, it's, it's all so true. I tell anybody who will listen to me who's in high school and looking into going to college, I'm like, you should really check out this industry. I know you haven't heard about it. I know you think it might be boring, but if you're into engineering, check out packaging engineering, graphic design, check out marketing, graphics, branding, you know, R&D, even the, the legal and political ramifications that come into packaging, you get into to that. I'm like, it, it touches everything. And I, I am, uh, I'm, yeah, not just a fan, but I'm, I'm, here for, I'm here for the long haul. So I'm a believer. Uh, I'm a believer. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. You're going to start getting me preaching again if you're not careful. So can, so can we do that music on the end as we fade out? I'm a believer. I like the monkeys. <laughs> all right. All right. I got, I think there might be some copyright things there, but uh, if do you want to sing it, you can sing it. Do you want to? No. I, I, that's something I haven't learned yet. Oh, okay. Well, maybe the next time we'll have you on and you can sing while you're playing golf. Uh, Jane, go. this has been, it's been so fun. I'm so happy to know you, um, to consider you a friend, and uh, I'm glad to be able to tell your story. We'd love to, you know, at any point in time, whenever you want to be on, if you've got anything, you know, pressing that you want to talk about, um, you know, you're, you, have, you have our platform and you have our support. So thank you so much. Excellent, Adam. Thanks for having me.